0: Hello, friends. It's January 14th, and welcome to today's installment of the One-Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we read from the One-Year Bible reading plan, making our way through all 66 books of the Bible in a year with daily consecutive readings from the Old and New Testaments. We also make daily stops in the Bible's song and prayer book, the Book of Psalms, and the book of Proverbs, which provides us with general realities that should inform our decision-making and behaviors. You can read along in the One Year Bible, or any Bible that you might have at hand, as we follow the One Year Bible reading plan, which can be found on the Internet at OneYearBibleOnline.com. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and producing director of the New Life Fine Arts Ministry. You can learn more about these ministries at newlife.org and newlifefinearts.org. We are still in the first books of the Old and New Testaments, the book of Genesis in the Old Testament and the book of Matthew in the New Testament. So let's start out where we left off yesterday, beginning at the top of chapter 30, Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. She said to Jacob, Give me children, or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, Here is my servant Bilhah. Go into her, so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her and Billah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she called his name Dan. Rachel's servant Billah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said, Then he may lie with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come into me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. And God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I gave my servant to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Then Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment, now my husband will honor me, because I have borne him six sons. So she called his name Zebulun. Afterward she bore a daughter, and called her name Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her, and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son, and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. As soon as Rachel had borne Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, that I may go, for you know the service that I have given you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages, and I will give it. Jacob said to him, You yourself know how I have served you and how your livestock has fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now when shall I provide for my own household also? He said, What shall I give you? Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this for me, I will again pasture your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it, every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and they shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later, when you come to look into my wages with you. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted, and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it, and every lamb that was black, and put them in the charge of his sons. And he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh sticks of poplar and almond and plane trees, and peeled white streaks in them exposing the white of the sticks, he set the sticks that he had peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs, that is, the watering-places, where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the sticks, and so the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob separated the lambs, and set the faces of the flocks toward the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. He put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob would lay the sticks in the troughs before the eyes of the flock, that they might breed among the sticks. But for the feebler of the flock he would not lay them there. So the feebler would be Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man increased greatly, and had large flocks, female servants and male servants, and camels and donkeys. Chapter 31 Jacob flees from Laban. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's he has gained all this wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was, and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, The spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, The striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding season of the flock I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see.' All the goats that mate with the flock are striped, spotted, and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the god of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners?' for He has sold us, and He has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our Father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. And this concludes our reading from the book of Genesis. In both our Old and New Testament readings today, we read the episodes of God building a people. In Genesis chapter 30, we read of God building the nation of Israel through the birth of the twelve sons of Jacob. And in Matthew chapter 10, we will read of Jesus Christ building His church through calling His twelve disciples and sending them out on a mission. The house of Jacob, soon to be named Israel, is built with our God of all grace, sovereignly overseeing, while not approving, the sinful choices of men and women. Jacob represents the natural man. He is a cheater from birth. As we have learned, this is what the name Jacob means. Competition and striving are characteristics of his Adamic nature, even as it is with ours. The natural man fights for what he wants, and yet what he wants does not satisfy. It will be that way until there is a full surrender to God, and that surrender must be on God's terms and not ours. Jacob's striving creates a culture of striving within his household. As one commentator put it, The story told is one of competition between two women and their maids, which results in Jacob being shuttled from bedroom to bedroom, tent to tent. Modern-day soap operas deal with a very similar kind of plot. However, God's soap is not intended to encourage us to think sinful thoughts or to commit illicit acts, but rather to clean up our own acts and live righteously before Him. Insecurity often causes us to act in sinful ways. The sisters Leah and Rachel both long to have an assurance that they are loved by their husband Jacob. They also seek complete fulfillment. They believe this will happen by bearing Jacob's children. The names of Leah's children tell the story. She goes from having her hopes set on gaining her husband's affections to eventually giving God praise for His grace. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Reuben literally means, See, a son. She longs to be noticed. Genesis chapter 29, verses 31 through 32. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Simeon means he hears. Her prayers are for her husband's affection. In Genesis 29, verse 33, Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. Levi is from the Hebrew Lava, which means to be joined or to be attached. She wants to be bonded with her husband. In Genesis 29, verse 34. And then in verse 35 we read, She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. Leah reaches some spiritual understanding at this point in her life and looks to the Lord as the satisfier of her desires. For this she gives thanks to God. Judah means Praise. In Genesis chapter 30, the competition among the wives really gets going. Rachel is jealous of Leah's gift of bearing children for her beloved husband. There is tension between the sisters, and a quarrel between Rachel and Jacob as she blames him for her state of childlessness. In Genesis chapter 30, verses 1 and 2, notice the difference between the response of Jacob and Isaac to the barrenness of their wives. Isaac prayed for Rebekah isaac prayed to the lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren the lord answered his prayer and his wife rebecca became pregnant genesis 25 verse 21 jacob verbally attacked rachel and blamed god genesis chapter 30 verse 2 reads jacob became angry with her and said am i in the place of god who has kept you from having children although we are told that jacob loved rachel in Genesis chapter 29, verse 18, and verse 20, and verse 30, it is not very evident here. Rachel proposes that Jacob give her a child through a surrogate mother, her servant Billah, in Genesis chapter 30, verses 3 through 6. Billah gives birth to Dan, meaning judged or vindicated, and Naphtali, meaning wrestled. We can see how the names reflect how far the parents have strayed into a self-centered life. Leah catches on to the idea and proposes that Jacob sleep with her servant, Zilpah. Zilpah gives birth to Gad, meaning good fortune, luck, has come, and Asher, meaning my happiness. In this baby-birthing match, there is little reference now to God. There is no God-pleasing. It is all about self-pleasing. There is no praying in reference to God's grace, only playing in a contest of human performance. When human plans and abilities fail, Other options are sought for purchase. In Rachel's case, she seeks a remedy in a love-fertility potion—mandrake berries. Leah's son's mandrakes are offered to Rachel on the condition that Jacob is allowed to sleep with her that night. Another indecent proposal is accepted. Leah buys sexual relations, hiring her husband Jacob as a prostitute, and Rachel puts her trust in a love-fertility potion rather than God. Leah conceives a fifth son for Jacob. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Issachar means there is a reward. The name reflects her confused theology. We often seek to sanctify our sins by saying God was in it. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Zebulun comes from a Hebrew verb, Zabal, meaning to dwell, reflecting Leah's desire for a happy home life. Finally, Rachel is able to conceive and gives birth to Joseph. Joseph means, May God add or increase. In Genesis chapter 30 verses 22 through 24, then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. The day came for Jacob to leave Laban. There were circumstantial indications that it was the right time to go. Laban, who only had daughters when Jacob arrived, most likely gave him firstborn son privileges, making him his legal heir. Now that Laban had sons, this inheritance would be split. The sons would resent any depletion of that inheritance amount. Jacob also needed sufficient wealth to support his family. In spite of Jacob's manipulations and superstitions, such as visualizing and mating misconceptions, which were ultimately of no benefit, God blessed Jacob in spite of himself. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the New Testament, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. And we go from the births of the twelve sons of Jacob to the calling of the twelve disciples of Jesus. The Twelve Apostles, Matthew chapter 10. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sends out the twelve apostles. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You received without paying. Give without pay. ACQUIRE NO GOLD OR SILVER OR COPPER FOR YOUR BELTS, NO BAG FOR YOUR JOURNEY, OR TWO TUNICS OR SANDALS OR A STAFF, FOR THE LABORER DESERVES HIS FOOD. AND WHATEVER TOWN OR VILLAGE YOU ENTER, FIND OUT WHO IS WORTHY IN IT, AND STAY THERE UNTIL YOU DEPART. AS YOU ENTER THE HOUSE, GREET IT. AND IF THE HOUSE IS WORTHY, LET YOUR PEACE COME UPON IT. BUT IF IT IS NOT WORTHY, LET YOUR PEACE RETURN TO YOU. AND IF ANYONE WILL NOT RECEIVE YOU OR LISTEN TO YOUR WORDS, Shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the Father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next, for truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. In our reading from Genesis, we witness the naming of the twelve patriarchs of Israel. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, we witness the naming of the twelve apostles of Jesus. In Matthew, chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. As we compare the list of the twelve disciples in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew chapter 10 verses 2 through four, Mark chapter three verses 16 through 19, and Luke chapter 6 verses 14 through 16, and the book of Acts in chapter 1 verse 13, we will note that Simon Peter heads every list. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, or Andrew, Peter's brother, take the follow-up positions and become the first group of four. The second group of four in these four lists are Philip, Bartholomew, otherwise called Nathaniel, Matthew, and Thomas. The third group of four in these four lists are James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, also called Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. The twelve were sent out with specific instructions to preach the same message that Jesus was preaching: "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Matthew chapter three, verse two. They were given authority to do miracles that would signal that the Messiah had come and direct people's attention to Jesus. It was Jesus who was causing the miracles that had been prophesied by Isaiah 700 years earlier as the works that would accompany the Messiah. Say to those with anxious heart, Take courage, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but He will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabah. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4-6 through 6. The miracles that the twelve disciples were sent out to perform paralleled the miracles that Jesus had already done in the earlier chapters of the Gospel of Matthew, Chapters 8 and 9. These were the miracles of healing the sick, cleansing the leper, casting out demons, and raising the dead. In other words, these were the miracles signaling the Messiah's arrival. The good news they proclaimed was only the first chapter of the story. The prophesied king, who perfectly exhibited God's rule, the kingdom of heaven was here. The instructions that Jesus gave the twelve are mission specific and were not assigned to every one of the disciples' future post-resurrection evangelistic campaigns. They are not to be confused with Christ's commission to His disciples today. Jesus had not yet died on the cross for our sins or been raised, triumphing over death. The disciples did not yet have the full gospel message. Our commission is the Great Commission of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19-20, through 20, not Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Their evangelistic campaign was directed to Jews only and to herald that the kingdom of God was near because the King, Jesus, the King of the Jews, had arrived. Our commission is not to just announce that Jesus is here, but we are to proclaim the good news of who Jesus is and what He has done to save sinners. We beg people to be reconciled to Him by putting their trust in His saving work on the cross. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19-21, repenting of their sin, and receiving Him as He is, the Word made flesh, God incarnate, the only true Lord and Savior, in John chapter 1, verse 12. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19-20 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always." even to the end of the age. The instruction that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16-24 through 24, applies to the suffering the disciples would experience after Pentecost. There is no record of the disciples being persecuted or flogged in the synagogues on their early missions. But after Jesus died, rose, and ascended to glory, these disciples certainly did suffer as they laid the foundation for the church through their pioneer evangelism. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, the names of these twelve apostles are written on the twelve foundation stones of the wall of the New Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, verse 14. It is likely that Judas' name is replaced with that of Matthias or the Apostle Paul. In the written transcript of our commentary, I will include a chart that shows how these disciples, the twelve apostles, died. All of them sealed their testimony in blood, with the exception of John, who died of natural causes, and Judas, who killed himself after betraying his master, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 5. Simon Peter was crucified upside down. Andrew, Peter's brother, was crucified. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded by Herod Agrippa I. John was exiled, and he died of old age. He was the brother of James. Matthew died a martyr in Ethiopia. Bartholomew, also called Nathaniel, was beaten, then crucified, Philip was crucified, Thomas was speared to death, Simon the Zealot was crucified, James was stoned to death, Thaddeus, also called Judas, son of James, was stoned to death, and then Judas Iscariot, as we have mentioned. Now let's move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the book of Psalms, Psalm 12. The faithful have vanished to the choirmaster, according to the shimineth. A Psalm of David. Bible scholars believe a shimineth is a liturgical or musical term. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, With our tongue we will prevail, our lips are with us, who is master over us. Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. This is a psalm for dark times. Lying and deceit were the normal practices of the psalmist's contemporary culture, as it is in ours. The Lord promises deliverance and safety for His people through the ministry of His Word. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth refined seven times. Psalm 12, verse 6 We have this promise. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will preserve him from this generation forever. Let us pray for our family, friends, and our neighborhoods. Let us pray for our generation and future generations. May the Lord be honored rather than that which is vile. In Psalm 12, verse 8. And now for our reading from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her do you want to make an investment with certain success invest yourself in getting wisdom from god's word hide god's word in your heart let's pray lord jesus it is a privilege to be called and commissioned as your disciples Today we read about the twelve sons of Jacob and your twelve disciples. What a privilege it is to be part of your forever family. We recognize that apart from the miracle of you calling and choosing us, we would be lost forever. We are grateful for the Holy Spirit's merciful unveiling of your saving work through the ministry of your Word. We learned today how your first disciples died as martyrs. Help us to follow their example and live as bold witnesses for you. Awaken souls to their need for the cross and may we be faithful and true witnesses of the gospel message. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on our Bible reading journey today. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write an email. Our email address is podcast at org. And if you would like to receive a free written copy of each day's commentary on the one-year Bible reading of the day, you can subscribe by going to our website life.org. And don't forget to subscribe or follow this one year Bible tour guide wherever you get your podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Shalom.